Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What up, Josh? You feeling better this week or what, bro? Feeling much better. Much better. Much better. The Last allergies. week you were actually... I was joking. What? Last week you were very chipper. Well, I've been struggling with allergies, so this oh. week's better than last week. And we yeah. talked about last week how allergies kick my tail. This week, they're they're better. I don't I don't wake up as foggy. That's good. Um, so that's good. That makes me want to talk about a topic that I had for Take It or Leave It. Well, you don't know if I'm going to take it. I know. But let's just get started. First topic is this. Put me in, coach. Mm. I see what you did there. You what? knew you knew I would like that, <laughs> that title. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Okay, you know Caitlyn Jenner? Oh, yeah. What do you know it for? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know Bruce Jenner, um, uh, also known as Caitlyn. His, his and, alter uh, ego. Her alter ego. Yeah, where he was a... Uh, dicath- dicathlete, dicathlon, decathlete, decathlete. Okay, which is the most athletic person in the world. Yeah, in the Olympics, do a bunch of stuff and won golds and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I knew I knew that about him. Well, um, she he crossed over, right? Transgenderized, and, became Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, and has been an advocate for transgender athletes for mm-hmm. some time now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, but by the way, did you know? She was running for California governor. I did not know, but <laughs> knowing that, it almost makes me real think that they would probably vote her in because <laughs> oh. nothing in that state makes a whole lot of sense no, politically. <laughs> not at all. So anyways, she came out recently for saying transgender athletes, basically boys that cross over to be girls, mm-hmm. should not compete in boys in girl sports. Wow, I she wants agree. to protect the girls, which is funny coming from her because she's always been yeah. the, the advocate for. Um, yeah, but it's just so crazy. Like you couldn't write stuff like this. I mean, it's crazy. She got a lot of flack for it, but I'm actually proud of her. I guess <laughs> because yeah, squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Because yeah, she's right. Like just biologically speaking. Just because you feel like a different gender or even if you change out the piping, if you will, <laughs> there's still certain genetical things that are just more... Genetical? Genetically... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. You know, uh, genetics. Right, right. I don't know what the plural... It might be right. I don't I know. just thought it sounds funny. It does sound funny. Um, and I may have made it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's okay. It is early. We had no runway for this podcast. Yeah, just walked know, in and we were live, Just folks. know that I'm talking about genetics, okay? <laughs> we but, digress. But I mean, just testosterone levels of development, all these different things is, is by and large, men tend to be stronger physically than, than women. Um, not always, so I preface that, you know. But in, in general, just the way men and women's bodies are made and everything like that. So yeah, you get a hundred guys in a room, a hundred girls. Yeah, guys are gonna be stronger. I mean, especially in like combat sports. I'm thinking about UFC. I'm like, mm-hmm. no way would you want 
some guy who is a bad to the bone fighter who now feels like he's a woman now all of a sudden facing off against bantamweight women. Yeah. It would not be right. Well, like typically <laughs> you will see 250 plus pound guys that are still very athletic. Yeah. There is not a woman on the planet that I've ever seen <laughs> that's that over weight. 250 yeah, yeah, yeah. that's athletic. Right, for sure. So or in other sports as well. I mean, it's just it's just re- the reality is there there is a physical difference and a physical advantage. There are outliers of where some women's talent would out would outmatch all that but by and large it would it would definitely create an what would you be advantage. for women playing in in guy sports or girls um, playing in boys sports philosophically no just because of like what i believe about gender roles biblically but in terms of when we're like talking girl about, kickers how about but what i'm saying in terms of danger it is definitely, like, when it comes to physical danger, it is definitely more dangerous, especially in any sort of contact sport that could happen, for for males to go to the female side. Females are not putting males in danger, probably. But they're putting themselves in danger. But it could be putting themselves in danger, right. Like, what about a girl wanting to play baseball? Uh, that's, I mean, that's not a physically, not a physical contact. Um, but, so, I, I think you could make an argument for that when it comes to just danger uh i think it would be tough for a girl to flourish in that world just because of speed and everything else that comes with it but it's a possibility i'm not saying it's impossible but any anything that has contact even basketball i mean it's going to be real tough on a female to like be down low and like get ran over by a guy and it's just the tallest female ever created there's some tall girl there's uh there's a girl for baylor that i think she was like six seven like she was i mean definitely she could dunk um but that's a that's more of a rarity oh there was a giant she was seven feet seven inches sandra elaine allen but she probably had that um uh syndrome or whatever that has a pituitary gland what do they call that giant giantism or yeah she was a giant they don't they're not usually that she athletic was a nephilim they're, it says <laughs> just kidding they're not usually that athletic because they everything's overgrown right you know? unless they play wrestling i mean <laughs> right but even that it's not it's not athletic it's it's a spectacle <laughs> they're barely moving around <laughs> yeah you know and it's uh i thought it was funny on the news article where caitlin jenner had that sound bite because mm. everyone's like coming against her for it there was some um transgender girl she was a boy now a girl mm. and she was like i don't understand why they won't let me compete i, I look just like a normal girl Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. Like, what is a normal girl to you? Like, yeah. can you even recognize that there is a normal yeah, girl? Because like, it's all I feel arbitrary. Like you kind of destroyed what yeah, normal. There's is. There's no objective truth, so you can just if you can find a girl that's naturally a girl that kind of looks like you, you can be like, see, I look like a normal girl. Right. You know, that's not it's not right. Which she did look like a normal girl, but but what I would say is obviously the biblical view of this would be that God created male and female for a purpose with purposes right and so the sad part about that is is the fact that and it's so funny the world's view of all this is that like well equality and you don't think equal and the reality is that you're throwing away the preciousness of who you are supposed to be in christ in in your gender role like there's a there's a high um how am I trying to say it? 
I don't want to say a high value, but like significance. To, to think that a, a woman is lesser or weaker is completely wrong in misunderstanding scripture. Roles have nothing to do with value and significance, right? Mm-hmm. They're just different, right? It's just built different for a different job and a different tool, but yeah. it doesn't change. Man, women are so value valuable and high value to the Lord, and so are men. And so all this wanting to change a role, it's it's all this perversion and breaking down, they don't even realize it, of what God created and designed because of our sin, because sin is not neutral. It is always mm-hmm. against what the Lord has done. That's what sin does. Anytime you see a society move further away from God, it always destroys, perverts, breaks everything God created and designed for the purposes he designed them for. Yeah. One well, is unfortunate because the reason people are trans are what do you call the verb of that? Not transgendering, but crossing <laughs> over. Yeah. Transitioning. Transitioning, there you go. Is because there's a they feel the brokenness inside of them. Yeah. And they're attempting to fix it on their own and they're moving further away. Yeah. Like God can redeem. I mean, he can redeem even if you do transition, but you're moving away from what can actually fix it yeah. by rejecting your gender and putting on a new one. Mm-hmm. Like there is a new identity for you. It's in Christ. It's not in yeah, that's right. a new gender. Yeah. So it's just unfortunate that they move further, like you said, further away from God. Right. Thinking that that's going to bring hope. Trying to fix it. But that's no different than any other sin, idolatry or issue, right? It's It's moving further away from God, more into worshiping yourself through idolatry, trying to fix and... And fill that void and that hole that that you don't even realize you're dead, right? Yeah. And you're missing. That only Christ redeems, especially for teenage girls, which that's the highest rate of transitioning right now. Sure. They're finding a, a lot more depression and suicide because once yeah. they do transition, yeah, they they're more depressed. Well, yeah, it's I, somebody asked me the other day. There, we were talking about the issue with suicide here in Mandeville, and that the highest percentage of of those are middle aged men. And they're like, why do you think that is? I said, well, I think my hypothesis is that very thing. When you still have a carrot to chase, mm-hmm. there is hope in your mind. It's not true hope, but you have some sort of hope. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't see a ton of suicide in, in poverty areas. It's crazy. You would think the high poverty would have higher suicide than in rich, affluent areas. Right. But by and large, that's not true. Because... Though you you get the American dream, right? Most people here in this Mandeville area, they're affluent. They have the house, they have the cars, they have the boats, they have the, you know, they have everything that you're supposed to have. And then you get to the age 50s and 60s, and you look around and you say, man, none of that changed anything. So now where do I go? What's it all worth, right? And right. unfortunately, at least for some, it leads to depression and, and it leads to a temporary fix for a eternal problem, which is suicide, instead of turning to Christ, mm-hmm. right? But it's the same thing with the whole transition. You think that's going to be the fix. And then you get on that other side and you realize, man, I didn't change nothing. Right. Now, not only did that not change anything, but now I have bigger problems because all the stuff that I've done to myself, yeah. right? doesn't make any sense. That's tough, man. Um. All right, well, let's move on to the next topic. All right. That was depressing. Yeah. Well, on a higher note. <laughs> on a higher note, isn't she lovely? 
<laughs> I think I know what this is going to be because you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I really wanted to just—I really want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. But I know you put so much work into it, so I'm going to say yes. I really did. I put more work than normal. Okay, Mother's Day is coming up. Today yeah. is Friday when the thing's coming out, and so Mother's Day is in two days. Yeah. So let's give some uh, yeah, listeners. You better, you better get on it. Yeah, like if you happen to forget. Because your wife is a mom if you have mm -hmm. kids. So don't forget you got to do something for her and right. your own mom. Right. And, and remember, it's Mother's Day. So if you have children, well, I'll save it for the advice part, but your children should be a part of this is what I'm trying to get at. Right. Good point. So how do we do this? What are we? I got some gift ideas. You give us some of the basics. What do we need? Yeah. What are our guys needing um, help with? How do you serve your wife on Mother's Day? Well... I'll just start with this. Your the whole goal of the day is to appreciate her and all that she does for you and your family and for your children. So start there and say, okay, how would she feel appreciated? So step one is don't do what you think. <laughs> Actually figure out what you think she Babe, I got a steaks for tonight. <laughs> right. It's gonna be awesome. Right. We're gonna watch the game. It's gonna be the greatest day. It's not Father's Day. It is Mother's the Avengers. Day. <laughs> That's right. It's Mother's Day. So tip one. Figure out what she wants. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is good. <laughs> Step two, coach your children up to think about their mom and figure out what they want to do for mom, right? Mm -hmm. And plan plan that out and let them take part in that, especially if they're older. Obviously, if they're really young, you know, if they're toddlers and stuff, you're going to have to do the brunt of it. I used to do this thing where I would... Um, I would have them make cards, even at toddlers. Obviously, it's just mostly scribbles. Yeah. But then I would write, like, a dialogue, like I was from their perspective about mom. You know, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd make it kind of funny, yeah. you know, and all this kind of stuff. Like, they wrote it. Right. You know, that was always fun, and she appreciated that. Well, yeah, that's good. You know. You could do, like, toddler. Uh, I don't know. Like, have, like, a Q&A. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you could do me, that, yeah. What's your favorite thing about mommy? Toddler. Yeah. And then give them the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, just stuff like that. You know, that's just an idea. But yeah. point is, involve the children in some way because even though they scribbled on a card, it meant a lot to Marie because their her children were involved. Now that they're older, you know, I'm actually going to have them create things and plan things out mm -hmm. on their own. And I'm not going to say it here because it's going to be a surprise in case my wife. You think she'll listen on Friday? You never know. Marie, Marie will surprise you. Some, she'll go a stretch and then all of a sudden she'll be like, hey, I'm listening to the change-up day. You're like, what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so well, I got my luck about that. My luck would be the day that she's listening is like, oh, I'm deciding I'm going to listen today. It's the Mother's Day one. So right. I'm not going to say. Um, yeah, so you could, I just had this idea, on Saturday, mm -hmm. send your wife away from the house and do yeah. like, crafts with the kids or mm -hmm. take the kids and be like hey babe why don't you just like hang out at the house by yourself right whatever she like like once again figure out what she would like every every woman's different you yeah. only need to please yours set up a coffee <laughs> date with her and one of her friends and yeah. just send her to go do that in the morning while you make cards right. with the kids or maybe you send her on a coffee date with each child individually you know uh, depending on how many kids you have i was thinking she wouldn't <laughs> want to do that but some moms she wants might. a break from the momminess. Some moms might, you know. I don't know. I'm maybe just, they, maybe I'm some sure. moms out there like their kids all the time, and they, or maybe they just would like it in a setting of, you know, at a re where they're not doing anything. It's just at a restaurant where they're just hanging out with their kid with no like 
work to be done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that uh-huh. could that could be true. It'd be cool. Um, I'd say a lot of moms would like a break from their, from their family. Yeah, it's like Mother's Day <laughs> means give me a break. Right, <laughs> right. Or a combo. Marie likes a little bit of both. She likes the, the break, and she likes, like, a family event. Right. Right, where we planned it, and she didn't have to plan it, but she she wants to take part with it, you know? So it's a little little combo. Uh-huh. I could see, like, writing poems for the mom, and then, like, the mom sitting on the couch. You bring her breakfast and coffee, mm-hmm. and each kid, like, gets up in front of her and recites the poem. Yeah, that could be fun. That would be fun. That'd be fun. Or if you have a daughter like mine, she might put together a interpretive dance or performance there you go (laughs) you never know (laughs) just express yourself yeah okay well i have some last minute gift ideas that do it um i was thinking about this morning okay one is a house plant um my wife probably has 30 to 40 house plants yeah in her house yeah Britt likes a she likes a little bit of garden in there yes and a lot of women do yeah, Marie Marie has learned from your wife, and we have houseplants now, and Marie enjoys her house. I have even learned from my wife. Yeah, there you go. First of all, she didn't start out the best gardener. In fact, she would kill anything that was green. That was Marie. Yes. And then I feel like Britt has taught her the way, and now she's got a few houseplants that are still alive to this day. Right. Well, Britt just learned that there are some houseplants that don't require <laughs> yeah, that's right. TLC. Tough to but kill. <laughs> it's it's up her game now. We got some plants in the yard that mm-hmm. she's actually caring for yeah, better and better. That's cool. So it's kind of like the entry level. Yeah. So there's a plant called a snake plant. Yeah, we have one of those. You know what it is? Mm-hmm. Nice. Dude. We have one. All right. Well, I but mean, she learned, she got it from Britt. So well, I don't know which is which, but I just remember her saying, "I'm watering the snake plant," and I'm like, "Which one's that?" And it's the one next to our TV. Well, that's the thing. You don't want to water them too much. Well, that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure Marie was doing it at the right time. Mm -hmm. So snake plant, a ZZ plant, and a pothos. Those are the three main plants I hear Brett talk about all the time. Yeah. And I think they're all over our house. And they're probably all easy to... They're all at Home Depot. Because I think house plants are just popular right now. Mm -hmm. So these are all plants that just kind of do their own thing and that you can't really kill them. Yeah. And you can always reach out to Brett and say, how do I take care of this thing? And she's given advice to so many people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have three. I think we have one by our TV now, the snake plant. He's a big guy. Yeah. We have it's one. It like sticks straight up yeah, and yeah. it's good different colors. They mm-hmm. look cool. I yeah, like them. I like it. It's a good it's a good touch. I'm not I'm I'm not hating it. <laughs> and we got we got one hanging over our coffee bar. I'm not sure what that one is, but that's it's, probably the pothos. Does it have a heart shaped leaf? Yeah. And it hangs like a Yeah, pond. yeah, yeah. So that's that's, we got, that's over our it's in a nice little basket y hanging thing over our coffee bar. And then mm-hmm. we have one in the kitchen. And uh it's smaller and I'm not sure what it is. But. It might be, I don't even know what a ZZ plant is, but I just hear her say that all the time. I'll look up a picture real quick. It's great. Uh, oh, yeah. Podcast content. Is it this? <laughs> Show them a picture. ZZ plant. No. It's kind of like the snake plant, but it's got a bunch of leaves. Anyways, that thing looks awesome. I don't Love think we've, it. we've gotten one of those. So Maybe. you can get all those at Home Depot last minute. I might, I might add to my list. Another mm-hmm. thing you can get, drip coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like a coffee snob per se. Like I can drink church coffee all day long and be fine. But I've experimented with tons. I feel like that was a jab. <laughs> well, you know, church coffee is known for like community coffee. I drip know, I'm, coffee. Just I'm just kidding. It's like someone was saying yesterday, it's like, oh, this coffee's bad. It's like, well, how else would you like 
provide coffee for over a hundred people. Yeah, it's got to be mass. You got to do it. Yeah, yeah, you can't be making no. But craft. in the in the comfort of your home, there's no excuse to be dripping, drinking drip coffee. Mm. You can up your game this year. Up your game to drip coffee. It is everyone agrees who's a coffee snob the best coffee. All right. You keep saying drip coffee in both contexts of bad and good, so tell us the difference. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm Pour over. Pour over. I wrote drip coffee <laughs> on here. You go, drip coffee is not good. No reason to drink drip coffee. This year, hey, drink drip that's coffee. That's why we got you on the podcast to catch all my mistakes. All right. All right. Pour over. Okay. Pour nah, over. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. Now I'm with you. Now I'm so with it's you. like it makes one single yeah, cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. You put it on top of your mug. You put the grounds yeah. in, and you put the hot water on, and it goes slowly mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. makes the best cup of coffee now mm-hmm. the the downside is it only makes one single cup and the little uh you can get the bigger cauldron though um uh, we were at a friend's house where they had a bigger one you can get it at walmart for like 20 bucks or something like that is where it a glass with a it's, thing it's uh yeah the top and then it's glass with a bigger bottom that's called a chemex yeah that and, makes two or three cups yeah so it's enough to like you know for your you, morning yeah yeah, so it takes a filter, and you got to get fresh ground coffee. You can mm. go to Starbucks and buy it, or PJs, and have them grind it for you, yeah. so it's fresh. Uh, or you can buy a grinder, but those are like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So you need a burr grinder if you do that. But just depending on how much you want to spend, you can get a pour over coffee for like twenty bucks. Yeah, and they're like, my wife does like her coffee, but she's kind of. I appreciate this about her. She's kind of um, when you see when you see Marie, you think. She may be like high dollar, high maintenance. She's actually not. She's a thrifty. She kind of likes her normal pot of coffee. She, the fancy stuff. She she's just rather brew her normal pot of coffee. I think. Yeah, I'm like the opposite. Like you see me and you think like, right? I do don't care about nothing. And but then, I have high. You're very taste. you're very particular in a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> like if I had an unlimited budget, I'd have all the nicest things. Yeah. Like you see Marie walking around, and people are like, "Oh, they're out. If she goes to TJ Maxx. Like that's the only place she shops." Yeah, she's just smart. <laughs> she's just smart with it. Me. Yeah. All right. Next thing would be um, a room or a house air purifier. You may not Ooh. know you need this. Yeah. But I'm gonna go ahead and sell it on you. So we were recently sold. Mm-hmm. Or attempted to sell a, a rainbow vacuum cleaner. Have you heard of those things? Uh, no. It's a thirty-six hundred dollar vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that's probably and, why nobody's told me about it because they know I'm out. Well, they don't <laughs> like advertise or anything. They salesmen come to your house and do a performance for you. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> hey, come to my house, do a performance, clean the whole thing, and then I'm going to tell you no. Well, they clean like <laughs> a tenth of your house, but they show you all the dirt that comes up, and you're like, that's disgusting. But one of the benefits is that it has this water tank. Yeah, and so as as particles go through, the particles get stuck in the water. Mm-hmm. And they show you in a normal vacuum cleaner how the particles pretty much just get blown out the back end. Yeah. And so you're just filling your house with that. And, you know, they talk about, like, bugs in your bed and all. And, you know, so they scare you, basically. It's, yeah, fear. Fear-mongering. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not about that. Well, marketing is all about, yeah, like, convincing you that you need right. this thing that you didn't even I'd be happy to live outside in a tent, so I'm not too worried about Well, outside, dust. the air is actually cleaner than in your home. Oh, and that's really? one of the things they lead off with. Okay. So just open the door. We're bro. like 3600 bucks. Like <laughs> I don't care about vacuuming, but I would love to have that cuz you can leave this thing running 24/7 by your AC and it will purify the air in your home. Mm. So Britt's like I would much rather an air purifier. This is what I'm getting, Britt. Okay. And so 
it it can run. You can get a whole house one for like five hundred dollars, yeah, which is a fraction of thirty six hundred dollars. Yeah, if you if you put it in those in those terms, in those terms, or you can get like a room one for like seventy bucks, mm-hmm. and it like I mean it does a lot for like air quality, allergens. Like you know you always mm-hmm. struggle with allergies. Yeah, this takes care of that. Your whole house will be. But then I walk outside and I get allergies. Well, outside the air is actually cleaner. It's when it gets inside your home and it can't go anywhere. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. sleeping all night and mm-hmm. full of, and your air is full of allergens. Mm-hmm. Doing a terrible job selling this thing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> convinced on it. I'm not a salesman yeah. for it. I we, know Brits about it. We've also talked how you're kind of a high-maintenance guy. Yeah. So this is definitely up your alley. How can I make the air that I breathe more expensive? Yeah, this exactly. way too free exactly. for me. I'm going to say, hmm, I've lived 35 years on just normal air. I think I'll just keep it going. Same thing with water. Like, <laughs> right. I'm like, all right. This tap water tastes great, but how can I find more expensive water? Yeah. I'm like, nah, I just keep it. I just keep it moving. You know? They're always trying to sell like, oh, you'll add years to your life. I mean, if we're talking difference between 75 and 77, eh. What about not the years, but the quality of those last five years? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. No, no, no. The last five, bro. I mean, I'm looking at guys like uh, Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty that, that lives still in a trailer, and and uh, he's 75 with, like, no elements. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that contribute to good health other than all those things i think it makes you weaker you can't look at one person dude i think it makes you weaker i think we we keep trying not to, to clean mention up. phil is not in the last five years of his life <laughs> you decline and it's like so when he's 80 he's gonna go downhill fast i don't know i mean i'm just saying all i'm trying to get at is all these like taking all the stuff out of your water or taking all the stuff out of the air and all this kind of stuff it's you're sold on it, it makes it better 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 but then like but your you, your you immune system even, gets stronger. No, by you, you're 35 and you it. can't even deal with the allergies that come every single year. Like, why can't you? I can fi- deal with it. No, I said I get a little foggy. Yes, but you can't operate at a normal level. You like don't you're know moody. Me. You're <laughs> you're indecisive. You're anxious. I, I'm not indecisive. I might be a little moody. <laughs> you're not funny when you're like that. <laughs> You're just trying to sell me You're on, not your, a good friend. on your <laughs> dumb you air purifier. <laughs> and that air purifier is going to fix all my problems. Well, if it could, wouldn't you want to? That's well, what most people think. I think that's a pretty normal thought. <laughs> anyway, you're. it's still a good, if your wife would like that, it would be a good gift idea. We digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, my right. wife would actually get mad at me. If you got that? Because mm-hmm. it costs so much money? Marie, I'm telling you, she's frugal. She, <laughs> but she's all about health and wellness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think she'd be sold on it. Hmm. I don't know. I want to try it. Is the thing there is a website that lets you try it for like three months and then you can give it back. There you go. You should do that. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get it for Mother's Day because we're gonna be gone for five five months yeah that's a terrible idea. and i haven't saved money saved up for it so i'm gonna save up for it and then <laughs> so what are you gonna get it for mother's day um what, what was my oh that drip coffee thing oh okay yeah i mean pour over your pour over <laughs> yeah not the drip <laughs> <laughs> don't get drip reminder <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> all right but it's monday right now so i'm gonna order it on amazon they have a cool one that looks like oh by the way did you do the amazon smile oh yeah let's give the plug because i don't really understand that 
You just told me you texted me back and said you're going to. So you didn't do anything. All right. I'm learning a lot of things on this podcast today. I'm about to be moody. <laughs> now, um, I have a com- conflict of interest in that one. Oh, do you? I have oh. another um, Amazon smile that I've been given to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You don't have to change for us. Well, just tell everyone else about it if they don't do it. So, Amazon has this program called Amazon Smile. And if you're a nonprofit, which uh, it takes some time to qualify for, we just got a thing in the mail saying that we qualify now for Amazon Smile, which is if you go into your Amazon app. So, first step is download the Amazon app. Step two, go into the settings of Amazon app, and you'll see, you just scroll down, it'll say Amazon Smile. Click it and enable it. Then it'll prompt you to search for your charity. This is important because it's tough to find us. Type in the Nehemiah Project Inc. Mandeville, and it'll pop up immediately. Click us, and then it'll prompt you to do a couple other quick clicks, just confirmations, and then you're done. And then anytime that you shop on Amazon through your app, um, 5% of proceeds will go to the Nehemiah Project at no cost to you. Just Amazon just gives it out of their, out of their organization. So um, you can give... If you believe in us, you can give to our organization without changing anything that you do in your life or at, without any cost to you. Just shop at Amazon as normal, and it'll automatically um, calculate, and it'll send us a check monthly um, for 5% of what you're purchasing. So so let's see how much that is. So if I spend 150 bucks a month on Amazon, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a lot or a little. I, I, I'd calculate it this way. I said... If if we had a hundred people, and let's say every one of those hundred people averaged a hundred bucks a month of Amazon purchases, because the average being that some people less, some people may spend a lot more, right? That would equal a thousand dollars a month coming into the Nehemiah project. Yeah, like if just a month or a year, a hundred people at a hundred dollars a month, that's ten thousand dollars. Five percent of that would be oh, 100 would be a thousand. No, no, would be sorry, five hundred dollars. Sorry, that'd be five hundred bucks. Well, a month. if just you like. Um, if you spend 150 mm-hmm. a month in, on Amazon, mm-hmm. you'll be giving $90 a year to to you. Yeah, which which is huge for doing nothing. For doing nothing, and if enough people do that, that's significant. To that's you significant guys. for us. I mean, that could that could mean that's that's a thousand bucks a month is almost two people's programs, or there's all kinds of yeah, things man. that that's equals really cool. for us. So, so you guys for getting that set up. I'm sure that wasn't easy. Yeah, it just takes time, and I mean, it took a long time for us to get our 501c3 and all that stuff. And so now that we have that. It definitely uh, allows us to do a lot of things like that. So once again, Amazon Smile. Download the Amazon app. Many of you already have it. Go to settings. Click Amazon Smile. Search the charity, the Nehemiah Project Inc. Mandeville. Click us. Confirm us, and then shop as normal. Y'all are incorporated. It's just what it's. They have us listed as. Okay. Uh, All right. Good deal. Well, let's uh, get into our topic. We only got a few minutes left. All right. When I say a few, I just mean that generally. It's a general few. General few. Now, from yes or from last week, the question: Which one needs the most attention in your life right now? Did you come up with one for yourself? Hmm. Great question. Um. Let me look here real quick. I'll tell you mine while you think on yours. So I thought about this, and if there was patience, I would have picked patience. Mm-hmm. But instead, I picked vision. Because I think a lot of patience has to do with 
seeing what something or someone can become mm -hmm. and working to that end. Mm -hmm. And I think we want something now. We want it to be a certain thing now. Yeah. But vision in a leader is all about like what can a person become yeah. over time. Absolutely. And so I want to work on vision over this next year. For me, what I am currently working on is discipline. Oh, okay. Um, so not that I'm not disciplined, but there's just <clears throat> certain areas of my life that I overlook a lot. And so I'm trying to be consistent and disciplined in all areas. So just picking small things and just being disciplined with it, not trying to be – my personality is to shoot for the moon. And so I run hot for a minute and then get tired of it and draw cold, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the Lord's been gracious. I always have disciplined approaches in ministry, but then like in just my normal life, so like taking care of myself or whatever, I get yeah. like, I get on these kicks. I want to do this, and then I just then life happens and I quit. And right. I think a lot of people can relate to that. But I think discipline, um, more discipline in my other areas of life are only going to enhance uh, my effectiveness in ministry. Right? Yeah. So I've just been trying to stay consistent in things like my diet, workouts, getting up the same time every day. Uh, just, just they're little things. They're things that I have done regularly, but not have done uh, systematically or disciplined. Like every day, it's the same. You know, I haven't yeah. really gotten to that consistency in my life. I, you know, I'll have like a season where I'm like on it, and then I'll have a, a month or two where I'm off of it again and I'm back on it and then I'm off and so now I'm just trying to take small steps and stay consistent and just build the habits into it not trying to shoot for the moon you know so it's just little things like hey I'm going to take my lunch every day you know I'm, I'm going to do that like that just allows it to be healthier right yeah. <laughs> just things like that that aren't you know it's not like I'm going to do this crazy diet i'm gonna you know which yeah. is a lot of times what my mind is yeah i can relate to that you know so just trying to be consistent good, so. deal. good deal all right so today's chapter chapter nine spiritual leadership oswald sanders uh it is a continuation of last week more mm -hmm. essential qualities of leadership we got 10 and i guess he would deem these as lesser than the last eight that we looked at um so just just to name them off so you can look forward to them humor Anger, patience, friendship, tact and diplomacy, inspirational power, executive ability, organization, the therapy of listening, and lastly, which is the most surprising one, the art of letter writing, mm. which I think was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk to humor for a minute. <laughs> it says our sense of humor is a gift from God that should be controlled as well as cultivated. What do you think about humor in the role of a leader? I think um I think the essence of humor is observational in at the root of it like mm -hmm. observing something and seeing it differently and like able to point out something in a way that brings levity to it but is also somewhat true mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah so I think that that's a a good quality I think it's also good to to cut the seriousness with a little bit of humor, right? It's good to, in times of grief, you, you know, sometimes it's therapeutic to sit around with a friend or two and laugh yeah. for a minute and just 
there's definitely some points and times for humor. There's also, just with everything, be careful. Humor that is sinful is that 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 uh, puts other people down or or makes other other people seem less than or you know there's a way to do humor that's it's in a way of sinfulness yeah complaining yeah but it's an easy target for humor but yeah. it's sinful but god's created us in his image and the fact that humor is in all of us and exists you know like uh should be something that is celebrated in some ways right right so i think it's important like i said i think sometimes you can make a illustration or a good point that sticks with people through a little bit of humor a little bit of levity the last uh, paragraph says a good test of the appropriateness of a joke is whether the humor controls us or we control it mm-hmm. he, uh, about kenneth Strach- strachan general director of latin american mission it was said he had a keen sense of humor but he had a sense of the fitness of things. He knew the place for a joke, and his humor was controlled. Right. There's a time to be serious. There's a time not to take light of things. There's a time when the air needs to be cut a little bit. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of comedy is the timing of it. Like, for sure. When you tell a joke, you got to have the timing down. Yeah. So that's good. That's good advice. I use it in counseling a lot, even to illustrate a point, like to point out a really silly example from that even that person's life to where they even are like yeah that was you're right that's a little bit crazy right. you know just to like be like like come on man like see this yeah thing you know that it's helpful in those ways too that's good uh, on the contrary the next one is anger yeah this one's uh you know i think he makes a good point but you got to be careful with it obviously right it's it starts out can this be right an angry leader Indeed, mm-hmm. Jesus had this quality, and when we use it rightly, we follow him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even in Ephesians it says to be angry but do not sin, so we know that it's possible to have anger without sinning. Right. And he he makes a good point. You know, it's holy anger. It's it's rooted in, is angry for the injustice, right? Great leaders, he says in the second paragraph, great leaders are people who turn the tide and change the direction of events, have been angry at injustice and abuse that dishonors God and enslaves the weak. It's yeah. a motivational tool for that person. Well, I mean, just think about it. Like, if something um, really bad were to happen to one of your children mm-hmm. or your wife, like, mm-hmm. you know, some some type of just heinous act, you right. would be furious because yeah. you love your children so yeah. much. So it's the love for that person that produces the anger towards the other. Right. And I think Christians, in some ways, should be motivated by righteous anger of, of the brokenness of our world and sin against God, like it should, it should drive a passion inside of us to, to make God known. You know, yeah. When we see things like sex trafficking, it should drive a passion inside of us to stop it. You know, he gives William Wilberforce as the example who moved heaven and earth to emancipate, emancipate slaves in England and eliminate the slave trade, and he was angry about it. Right. You know, he didn't take his anger out on someone, but he, his anger motivated him Fueled to stop him. what was. Uh, you know, wrong against yeah. the Lord. Yet to be free of sin, such anger must be zealous for truth and purity mm-hmm. with the glory of God, its chief objective. And I think God takes it a step further. He not only hates the sin because of the the suffering it causes, but because of the mm-hmm. control it has over his creation. Yeah. So he loves the one doing the heinous act. Be, and he's angry at the sin in them for controlling 
Yeah. Whereas we hate that it's it's making the loved one suffer. So he takes it a step further. Right. All right, next one is patience. Mm-hmm. So spiritual leaders obviously need a healthy endowment of patience. Yeah, for sure. I think God is definitely our greatest example where he is consistently patient with his children. He's patient to bring wrath upon the world in revelation what you know he's he's waiting allowing more people to come to know him he's patient in in our sanctification and because we continue to sin but he's patient with us he shows us grace and mercy and so if we're to lead like christ and yeah patience is definitely something that we should emulate yeah and then patience meets its most difficult test in personal relationships i'm sure you can relate to this being a pastor and a Mm -hmm. counselor that's where you really practice patience is yeah. dealing with people, children, wives, relationships. Oh, yeah. I love what he says on page 69. He says, a leader shows patience by not running too far ahead of his followers yeah, and thus discouraging them. Right? While keeping ahead, he stays near enough for them to keep him in sight and hear his call forward. You know, there's people, you know, that you're discipling or maybe if you are if you have a business on your staff or whatever that... They're growing, they're learning, but they're maybe not learning at the rate you hope that they're learning, <laughs> you know. Um, but to be patient with them, to allow them to develop, to push them forward or call them forward, but not have such high expectations that are just unrealistic that only discourages them. Yeah. Well, we talked about before, like, this leadership <laughs> through demanding rather mm-hmm. than commanding. And when you demand people to follow you, you don't need patience. When you're that kind of like authoritative leader and you just make people do what you want, well, you don't need patience for that. But those people don't tend to stick with you either. Well, maybe not unless you, you know, pay them a high salary or something and you make it impossible for them to quit. Yeah. Um, But the point is when you're a good leader and you're persuasive and you're influential in their lives, well, then you're going to need patience. For for sure. For sure. Next one is friendship. You can measure leaders by the number and quality of their friends. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. That's true, I think. You know, because to be a good friend, you need all these other qualities that we've already talked about, right? And if you have them, people are going to want to be close to you. Yeah. Uh, it, it made me think of... Um, it made me think of the rich young ruler, which Mike preached on. Well, he didn't preach on this specifically, mm-hmm. but he, he hit on it yesterday. The rich young ruler, you know, says, I've done all these things. And it says Jesus loved him. And, and this sense of, like, he's gets, getting it all wrong. And, like, the mm-hmm. this idea that, like, friendship, like, he, he desired to, that this guy really gets it. But he doesn't get it. And that's how Jesus loved him. And he, it, um, yeah. I don't know, it was just hard for Jesus to see this guy struggling. Like, I yeah. just don't get it. And then once again, if we go back to our example in Christ, you know, how did he treat the disciples? They were like his, they were his closest friends and confidants. And, right. And he even says, people know you're my disciples by how you love one another. You know, that idea of loving one another and being in friendship is is a trait of a Christian. Mm-hmm. So even more for a leader. Yeah, he talks a lot about how Paul had so many friends, which I don't know how he knows that, but. Oh, you see him just writing and talking about, you know. A lot of that in his letters, you know. To me, he seems like one of those guys. He has like a couple close friends. <laughs> yeah. He's so busy. Who knows? This next one was my favorite: tact and diplomacy. Mm. 
So tact is the ability to, to deal with people sensitive. <laughs> I can't speak. Sensitively to avoid mm. giving offense, to have a feel for the proper words or responses to a delicate situation. Mm-hmm. And then diplomacy is the ability to manage delicate situations, especially involving people from different cultures yeah. and different opinions, which don't right. think different cultures, different countries, like our country has, you know, 500 different people groups. For sure. And so you were in our country, we're dealing with different cultures all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, yeah. I like how he says leaders need to be able to reconcile opposing viewpoints without giving offense or compromising principle. A leader should be able to project into the life and heart and mind of another then setting aside personal preferences, deal with the other in a fashion that fits the other best. These skills can be learned and developed. Um, so how? How do you do this? Because I know you have to do this all the time. Care more about the person than you care about yourself. Mm. It's as simple as that. If you care most about God and his glory and helping that person glorify God to the best of their ability and take yourself out of it, then you'll listen for what they need and you'll look at their situation in their life and and you can then reconcile okay is this preference or sin you see this in marriage all the time it's, it's one of the things that i counsel all the time in marriage is okay when terms of preference we want to prefer the other in in terms of sin and commands we need to follow christ right mm-hmm. so like as a husband i always encourage the husband especially like hey listen your wife her job is to submit to you and follow your authority so that's tough to do if you also have to always have all your preferences too. Right. So, like, if you can prefer her, do that because she's got to submit to you. When Let it's time. your authority be the the authority of Scripture. That exactly is. Or sometimes not, God may be calling your family to do something extreme, like become a missionary, move. Like, that's a big thing for her to trust, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, st- why are you nitpicking what the curtains look like? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Prefer your wife, right? <laughs> you know, Why not but I know, I know she'll, some. She'll begin to prefer you too. But I know some dudes that are very like high maintenance and very particular, and it's like, man, they gotta have their curtains. <laughs> it's like, dude, just chill out. Yeah, <laughs> just let your wife spend all your money. It's no big deal. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a thing about <laughs> setting a budget, obviously, but it's like, you know, we're arguing over the patterns on the pillows. Like, come on, right. All right, that's crazy that people do that. It happens. All right, next is inspirational power. So basically the ability to get other people to work hard. How does one do this? <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. He doesn't talk. He doesn't say how to do it. Right. Uh, I think it kind of goes along with the same thing I said before, though, is care about God's glory in that person. And so when it comes to the work of the ministry, and to the or to the or just to their work in general, it's about God's glory, and so I I would speak to the heart of glorifying God because that that in turn will challenge someone's efforts. Yeah, right. So it's like, listen, do you think you're glorifying God when you're chilling on your couch and being lazy? No, I mean the Bible speaks to that, right? It's not mean. It doesn't mean that you're you're only glorifying God when you're working yourself to death either, because the right. Bible also speaks to Sabbath and trusting Him. It's about His glory. But one who loves God and is glorifying God is a hard worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think you ever see in Scripture the opposite. Right. Right? And so if you're a lazy person, you're not glorifying God. Therefore, that's got to change. So that would speak to the heart of it and then work out into particulars. You know, sometimes it's an issue of not knowing how to work hard. 
there's a lot of people who are really busy doing who knows what and not getting anything accomplished. Right. <laughs> you know, you talked earlier about majoring in the minors and, and you know, and, and kind of spinning around. You ask them, like, they feel busy, 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 busy. Right. It's like, but you're, you're not accomplishing anything that you were supposed to be accomplishing. Right. So, so they just need wrong. some organization. So sometimes it's just teaching them how to work because they may have the motivation to work and want to do a good job, but they just don't know how. You know, which that speaks to our next uh, quality is executive ability or just being organized. Mm-hmm. It says the Lord is a God of judgment, and here the word judgment means method, order, system, or law. So God is methodic and orderly. Yeah, and then trying to balance this too with spontaneity, which he didn't talk to, but I just thought that was interesting because like God is also very spontaneous. Um, so yeah. we want to be orderly. This helps as a leader, like if you have a leader who isn't more organized than you, that's mm-hmm. going to be very frustrating. Yeah. Well, and to be organized is to have vision. Mm-hmm. In some ways, like as a leader, we talked about it in the last chapter, but you got to know where you're going and you got to have a plan to get there, Yeah. which takes some planning and some organization, right? Yeah. So so you, you're gonna, it's going to be tough to lead other people in, in accomplishing tasks if you don't know what task you're trying to accomplish. Right. Uh, last two, the therapy of listening. Genuine listening seeks to understand another without prejudgment. Mm-hmm. A problem is often half solved when it is clearly stated. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't. I read that, but like, say uh, that. Say that again. A problem is often half solved when it is clearly stated. One yeah. missionary cas- casualty moaned, "If only he had listened to me. I needed someone to share a problem." Let me see here. I'm looking for a certain proverb here. Oh, uh, yeah, Proverbs 18:17. This is one that speaks to this. Um, it says, in a lawsuit, the first mm. to speak seems right until mm. someone comes forward and cross-examines. Yeah. You know, and so taking time to listen and understand mm-hmm. what's happening. Because like you said, um, the problem's half solved. I like how you said that because... If you don't even understand what the problem is or what the facts are, what's going wrong, it's tough to know how to give advice or wisdom. Right. But if you understand clearly what what is happening, um, then then you'll then it's easy to allow the word of God to guide the answers. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then you can break it down to what the issues are. Right. You know, so it takes listening to understand um in order to be able to give uh, wise counsel yeah yeah that's good that that requires a lot of patience too listening yeah proverbs eighteen thirteen. if one gives an answer before he hears it is his folly and shame yeah that's good you know because you're making assumptions you're just spouting off some ideas but if you don't understand the heart of the problem you don't know how to give advice francis schaefer you know that that name mm-hmm he says, if you're going to talk with somebody for an hour and try to under like, I think he spoke about this as sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Listen for ninety or for fifty-five minutes yeah. and speak for five. So like, people people don't understand the power of listening because what if if you get them <laughs> if you get people to talk and you ask good questions, they're going to give you so much information, mm-hmm. things that they're not seeing, even. Like, you'll hear things that they don't know they're telling you. 
mm-hmm. right? Their insecurities, their worship, their idolatries, all these things are coming out in their complaints or their whatevers. Mm-hmm. And then once you hear all that, honestly, the answers can become quite clear and quite easy to give, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Especially if you know how the what the Bible says and how the heart works. Yeah, that's one tool I use. I think I learned this from you. Like when I'm speaking with students, if they're asking advice and I don't mm-hmm. know, like honestly, it's a way to buy time, but mm-hmm. also get more clarity. I just keep asking more questions. <laughs> and it, it like lets me slow down in my head. Like, yeah. hey, don't just throw out advice here. Mm-hmm. Like be seeking for God's wisdom. Be seeking for right. Bible verses. Like ask for wisdom. And as I'm asking them questions, one, I get more clear on the situation. And also it it like slows down the process, mm-hmm. which is patience. Yeah. All right, lastly, surprisingly, the art of letter writing, which I think, like, he makes a good point. Paul wrote 11 of the most powerful letters ever written, and they're part of the New Testament, the majority of the New Testament. Um, And those were all letters. But also he talks about all these old-timey pastors Mm -hmm. and preachers that would just write letters all the time to their new converts, to other pastors, you know. Yeah, in today's world, that's a text message or other things that you know kind of serve that like um i try to practice that um and i want to practice it more than i do it's a good encouragement but um or i also like phone calls too um just to encourage people in what i see you know it goes a long way i think to just push people towards the lord yeah that's good all right well that's it i would say Maybe you have something better, but I would, I would, the um, the art of listening. Mm-hmm. I would recommend people like practice that this week. Yeah. So get in a conversation with your spouse or someone else, right? And just ask more questions than you think is necessary. Right. That may annoy them. But yeah. Well, I would don't say go too far I would say it this way: try to ask good questions and listen. <laughs> you can't just say why. Right. Why? Just, why is why? it? Why is that? Why? That's like a child. Why? Why? <laughs> but just. How are you feeling, and and how how is that uh, in helping you to grow closer to the Lord, or or what are some areas that you're seeing that are a struggle for you right now, and why is that a struggle? You just listen, mm-hmm. and hey, you'd be shocked. You might find out some things that you had no idea, or you might hear some things you didn't want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's always a danger. All right, good stuff. Well, y'all enjoy that. Let us know how it goes, and we will see you next week. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to the Change Up Podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays. And you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.